Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. You know, it's hard to know just when the era of self-help books began. One of the first that I remember was uh, one that was published in 1967. Maybe you remember this. I'm okay. You're okay. Remember that book? Yeah, yeah. It was certainly uh, helping us to find a method for solving problems in life. That sounds kind of self-helpish. <laughs> I guess. So um, that book made, best, uh, made the New York Times best-selling list and stayed there for almost two years back then. And so 30 years later, another self-help book made publishing history as the first best-selling book in the United States uh, to be there on that list for two consecutive years. So the name of that book, Don't Sweat the small stuff, and it's all, yeah, you know that book, written by Dr. Richard Carlson, and that led to other books in a series, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff at Work, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Teens, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Money, I Don't Think He Wrote One About Retirement, but I'm still going to retire. <laughs> but his last book that he wrote is entitled, Don't Get Scrooged, How to Thrive in a World Full of Obnoxious, Incompetent, Arrogant, and Downright Mean-Spirited People. Maybe he should have stopped with Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Well, certainly these words, don't sweat the small stuff, has become a part of our American vocabulary, right? But, but the concept is quite international. From our Jamaican sisters and brothers, we hear, don't worry. Yeah, right. And even though I've been in Kenya multiple times hearing people talk in Swahili, uh, maybe once or twice I've heard them say, "Akuna." Matata, right, and you know that means no worries. That's what the song says, but literally it means there are no problems. Well, of course, it's a good practice not to get bogged down in the things that we cannot change. But still, I think there's something very valuable in paying close attention to what's around us. And today, we, we are hearing more about books called The Power of Now and Live in the Moment. And I think we're really on to something. Because so many times, it's in the little things that we do learn large life lessons. So as Carrie said, we, over the past few weeks, we have been taking our time going slowly through the Lord's Prayer so today we're thinking about the phrase that Jesus instructs us to say, give us this day our daily bread. And that's where we are on this day. That line brings the heavenward prayer to an earthly experience. 
It keeps us from just thinking about this eternal glory to bringing the presence of God into the daily grind. There's something very practical and grounding in the words this day and daily. There is no escaping this day. These are are the moments that we live in. And these are the moments that hold opportunity to ask and receive from God's goodness. We can experience God's grace even in the small stuff. In fact, I wonder if God's grace is mostly in the small stuff. Like when we say grace at a meal, we're saying thank you for this food, thank you for this moment, this day, our daily bread. It's meant to be rhythmic, bringing a constant pulse of awareness and thankfulness and trust. Maybe it's even a piece of heaven when we stop to think about it. We see this in a story in the book of Exodus. When the Israelites were called out of slavery and moving into their own identity as a nation, the journey was long and challenging physically, mentally, spiritually. You see, God's presence was close at hand a cloud by day, and a pillar of fire at night. But after days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into years, that presence just wasn't enough to keep them going. They were hungry. I mean, literally hungry. Scripture says that then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. So God sent something else from heaven every morning. Daily bread. But it was only enough for that day. No rationing allowed just living day to day, looking to heaven for bread on earth. This rhythm teaches us to trust God. After Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray, he reminds them why they can trust God to hear their prayer. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Sounds like the psalm that Carrie read. These all look to God to give them their food in due season. Can we model that kind of trust? Yes, we can learn from the birds and the wildlife that God is faithful to provide. I wonder, have you met people who tell a story about God providing in miraculous ways? 
I hear it every time I go to Guatemala. Pam Munoz will tell us stories. Pastor Zavero in Mexico will say very similar things. And in Kenya, Zablon Curio, they will all tell stories of how they did not know if the money was going to come in, if there was going to be food for this community, if the people would come back on mission trips. But they all have the same ending. God always provided. The rhythm and the routine of making this request might be even more important than what is requested. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a rhythm that reminds us that God is present every day on earth as God is in heaven, not distant the present in our lives, even in the small things. But it does seem like Jesus was saying, well, take bread, for instance. But why bread? Simple living in Jesus' day brought about simple meals. And I imagine bread was a staple. Baked fresh, not processed, no preservatives. Everybody could eat it. Bread can satisfy a hunger quicker than about anything. Just think of what would have happened if Jesus had only served, multiplied the two fish. Nobody gets full on fish. (laughs) But those five loaves of bread, that's what filled people up. Bread fills us up, and, and even when, like today, we feast on just a tiny cube or, or a, a chunk of a common loaf, it's, it fills our spirits. And that's because we're gathering around bread that can open us up to the realities, realities that we might miss otherwise. Now, I know that mealtimes are scattered in today's world. But when we do sit down and have our bodies filled and let our minds take a short break, something happens. When we can put aside our to-do lists, when we can put aside our Bones. Even if there's not deep conversation going, there is a connection being made with one another. No agenda, just togetherness. We're reminded that we are in this life together in this moment. Through Neighborhood Action Ministries, we have been privileged to get to know some of our neighbors who live right across the street in the Groveway community. So once a month, a few of our RPC folks will go over and have a meal with the senior citizens that live there. There was a time when those folks would not come out of their apartments for a variety of reasons. But over time, and over a meal, and an activity, Bingo with dollar store prizes brings them out. And I like to be there on that day too. But the mealtime has no agenda when we meet together. 
It's just time to be present with one another. I tell you, there is a, a way for honest conversations to come out of a meal together. After being together a couple of years, a curious question came to the group. Do you think you could help us get our GED diplomas? Can you imagine the courage it took to say that out loud? Showed that there has been a level of trust built more than activities, it's been the meals that we've shared together that have brought relationships to that deep level of trust and vulnerability. Bread nourishes, and sharing bread reveals truth. In the last chapters of one of the gospel stories, we read about two men who were walking from Jerusalem after devastating events had taken place. Who wouldn't have been impacted by a very public and cruel beating and killing, an atmospheric blackout, and the death of the miracle worker? There were two walking along the road with their head and spirits cast down. They couldn't believe what had happened. But as they journeyed on, another person joined their stride and began to ask them what had happened. You don't know? Where have you been? They continued on the journey. And he was invited to eat a meal with them. And after body and soul had time to refuel and rest, the revelation came and they saw it was Jesus who was with them all the while. Even like that. If we don't slow down, we can miss the same experience. The one who said, I am the bread of life, is always with us. Any moment of any day, we can awaken to our relationship with God through the Holy Spirit of the living Christ. Christ has always been and will always be here. So be nourished this day in body, mind, and spirit. Let us pray. Lord, you are present. We thank you for the glimpses that we see, but give us faith to see even more. And for what we can't see, give us belief. Because you are present and active in this world this day, even as we partake in this daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.